Uh, oh, I want to share with you guys. I want to celebrate with you guys how much um, you guys gave. Are you guys ready for this? Because this blew my mind. It, it really, really did. It, it blew my mind. You guys ready for this? $6,782 got picked up in one Sunday morning. That is incredible. That is incredible. Now, now let me, let me share, share with you what else blew my mind away. So in the past, we've, we've had uh, giving Sundays, kind of like what we did last Sunday. And, and it's actually never been for us. It's always been for a missionary or, or something like that. And this is what usually happens. Usually, we'll get a, a good offering, but then our normally giving, our normal giving like takes a huge dip. Whoa, I just about took a dip here. Um, usually our, our normal giving gives, you know, so our tithes, that, that goes into the operation of the church. And you know what? We didn't have a dip this last Sunday. So many of you guys, I just, man, I, again, I'm just so blown away. So many of you guys didn't just give towards the project, but you guys also wrote another check giving your weekly tithe or your monthly or your biweekly, whatever it is. And let me just share with you how awesome, how special that is, and how much it means to me as your pastor, as your leader, how much it means to me that you guys, again, I, I said it so many times last week, but that you guys, you guys get it, man. You guys are capturing it. You guys are running with the vision. You guys understand generosity. You guys understand giving to the purpose of God. And man, just give somebody a, 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 a little what am I trying? Pat on the back. There we go. Give somebody a pat on the back for that, man. That was, that was incredible. It was so special. God moved. It was so awesome. Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 through 33. Today, we're wrapping up a ser- our series, a series called You, and we're talking about the peacemaker, the peacemaker. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't know if I'm the only one, but how many of y'all uh, seem to relate so much more to all of the sinful area every week, like to the pride and to the lust and to the, uh, the lying and, and, and whatever else? And how many of you guys and the jealous envy, how many of you guys seem to relate every week to like the sinful part? You know why that is? Because you're terrible people. That you're, you're, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's because we're all sinners, man. Because we all make mistakes. Because we all have, we all have to deal with arrogance every now and then. We all have to deal, deal with lying every now and then. And lust and, and, uh, and even today's sin. Um, so today we're talking about the peacemaker. A few things to kind of, uh, to, to kind of let you know a little bit about the peacemaker. Uh, one of the good things about the peacemaker, anybody, any guesses? One is they, they pursue peace. They, they like peace. They don't like to argue. They don't like to fight. Most of the times, um, uh, peacemakers, I shared with you guys, uh, my wife, that's, that's, her main, uh, that's her main personality. She is a peacemaker. So she is so difficult to have an argument with. And I am, uh, uh, my, number one, I'm a reformer, which my sin means that I can be very critical of people, but then I'm also a challenger, which means I like to communicate very clearly, and it means I like to argue every now and then. And so you get a number eight trying to argue with the number nine peacemaker, and all it means is that the number nine makes the number eight feel like trash, man. <laughs> that is what the number nine does. Because they don't want to argue, they'll just be like, okay, okay. And I'm just like, I'm a terrible human being. And, 
Makes me feel like trash all the time. But here's, here's a few good things about them. Number one is they see multiple sides to any given decision or scenario. Because they're actively pursuing peace, this isn't in your notes, but because they're always actively pursuing peace, instead of just getting into the argument, instead of fighting, they try to find, they try to look at your side of things and they try to look at the other person's side of things. They're very, very inclusive. They love being a part of a team. They love being a part of something. They don't have to be, they don't have to be like the number one or the number three where they have to be charging the way and have to be in front of everybody. And they're just happy being a part of a team. They just want to be included. They're very great listeners. If you have a number nine, if you're like I am married to a number nine, or if you love a number nine, you love a peacemaker, man, they're, they're great listeners. They're great to talk to because they will listen and listen and listen, and they'll hardly ever even respond. I mean, if you just want to talk and talk and talk and talk, that's what the peacemaker just sit there, and they'll just kind of smile and listen and listen and listen. But because they're great, because they're great listeners, Oftentimes, they're not listened to, or their, their opinions, they're not heard, or their statements, or what they believe, or what they value, it's not heard, it's not paid attention to. So, uh, Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 through 33, we're going to be looking at Abraham today. He was a peacemaker. Genesis is the very first book of the Bible, unless you have a New Testament, and you just don't have Genesis. Sorry. Uh, Genesis chapter 18, verse 20. Through 33. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done, see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Now, even if you've never been in church, even if, if this is the very first time you've ever set foot inside of a church, ever in your life, you've probably at some point in your life heard about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Sodom and Gomorrah is a a very uh, famous little, uh, there there are two different cities that that basically can join together, um, and they're very, very famous for all of the wrong reasons, man. Sodom and Gomorrah were the, the original sin cities, and, and just terrible. Matter, matter of fact, um, if you may not know this, but God eventually, we'll read here in a little bit, but God eventually decides to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, uh, let me, let me f- finish reading. I'm getting ahead of myself. Then, verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? So here's Abraham trying to mediate peace, trying to negotiate peace with God. Verse 24. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Verse 26, so the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Verse 27, then Abraham answered and said, indeed now, I am, I am now but dust and ashes, have, have taken it upon myself, to speak to the Lord, suppose there were five less than 50 righteous. Would you destroy all of the city for lack of five? So he said, if I find there 45, I will not destroy it. 
And he spoke to him again and said, suppose there should be 40 around there, or 40 found there, excuse me. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30. And he said, indeed now I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much this morning for your presence. Uh, We thank you so much, God. I thank you so much for the many generous people that gather here every single Sunday who gave so generously, so obediently, God. I just pray, God, that you would help us to be wise stewards with what was given and help us expand your kingdom, extend your kingdom to the best of our abilities. Lord, this morning, help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says... Amen. Amen. So what's going on here is, is God has heard the outcry of the people. And uh, basically, a lot of people are complaining about Sodom and Gomorrah, how evil they are, how evil of a place they are, how, how evil the people are there. And so God speaks to Abraham and he says, listen, I am about... <coughs> Excuse me. I am about to destroy those two little cities. And Abraham steps up and he talks to God, but God, what if, what if there's... 50 people, and and among thousands of people, what if there's 50 people who are righteous, who aren't as evil as what everybody's saying that the entire city is? Would you still destroy them? God says no. And then Abraham says, what about 45? What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? Then he goes down to about 10. Now, if we keep on reading, if you read the next chapter, you know Sodom and Gomorrah, actually, they ended up getting uh, destroyed anyways. God sent down two angels to search just just imagine this just it's it's hard to fathom but imagine this god sends down two angels to basically search the city for 10 righteous people that's all they're looking for is 10 among thousands of people just 10 righteous people and you know what happens to these you know what not happens to them you know what people tried to do to these angels the Bible says that men came from everywhere in the city from every corner in the city and they tried to rape two angels That's how disgusting, that's how evil, that's how perverse these two cities were. And so uh, as as a story, as you continue reading the story, Lot and his family, they they start, you know, they flee from Sodom and Gomorrah because they're about to be destroyed. And uh, the story goes on. But but Abraham, again, Abraham looking over the city of Sodom or the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, knowing the wrath of God and knowing what God is about to do to them, he tries to mediate peace. He tries to, to negotiate peace with God, and he, and he kind of does for a little bit. But then again, ultimately, because of, the, uh, of the, just the sin and the pure evil that was in those cities, they end up being destroyed. So the peacemaker, the peacemaker, number one, the peacemaker reflects God's peace. The, the peacemaker reflects God's peace, peace, excuse me. And I would say, man, we need in today's time, in today's world, man, we need more peacemakers in the world. We need more people who are willing to reflect God's peace instead of arguing and bickering, instead of getting mad at each other, instead of fighting at each other, instead of always going to war over everything, man, we need more people who reflect God's peace. They desire to see the world as a more 
peaceful place. They want the world to be more peaceful. They're, they're, they're not every little Miss USA contestant when they ask you, what, what do you want? If you had one wish in the world, what, what is it? World peace and everywhere such as that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That, that poor girl. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Anyway, so they desire to see, they genuinely desire to see the world, their world, their home, their families, their communities to be a more peaceful place. They're motivated to avoid conflict and create a healthy space for people to thrive. Man, peacemakers, they are... Um, They're wonderful people because they're not just thinking about themselves. They don't just want the world to be a peaceful place for themselves and so that they can get along with everybody, but because they actually want you to thrive. And peacemakers make great cheerleaders. And I'm not talking about go Eagles, go. I'm not talking about like just that kind of cheer. I'm talking about somebody who actually really has your back and really wants you to do well. They want their homes or their families, they want their communities to be more peaceful and to, and because they want their children, they want their families, they want their friends to thrive. They're the ones who are really cheering on their best friends whenever they're going in for that promotion or they're going in for that interview for that new job, that new better job, or when they ask for a raise, they're ones that are generally happy for you when you're doing better in life. You know, because the majority of us, were actually just a little bit jealous. I shouldn't say that. Not, not, not any of you guys. All of you guys are great. But I'm just saying some people, they don't really want you to do better. They don't really want to see you get that raise. They don't really want to see you get a better job. They don't want to see you in a better house. They'd rather just... But the peacemakers, man, they love it. They want you to thrive. They... And that's what makes them so special. But again, just like in every other personality, when we begin to avoid, because here's the bad part. When unhealthy, they will avoid conflict and won't declare their needs. When unhealthy, they will avoid conflict. Every now and then, listen to me, every now and then, conflict is good. There are some people you cannot negotiate peace with. Adolf Hitler You could not negotiate peace with Adolf Hitler. There's people in this world you cannot negotiate peace with. And so you've got to go to war. You've got to shut them down. You've got to get into conflict with them. And it's the same way, man. I shouldn't use that. I'm not going to use that as an example. But anyways, it's not healthy. Listen, as if you're a peacemaker, it's not healthy for you to avoid conflict at all costs because this is what happens is the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to get ran over in everything. In everything, man. They're, they're just going to run you over in every decision. Nothing, um, nothing is ever going to go your way. Nothing is going to ever benefit you because you're going to avoid conflict. The, the, the peacemakers, this is, this is what will happen. It will be a group of people. Okay, there's a group of people and we ask the question, where do you want to eat? And everybody voices their opinion except for them. And so since they didn't voice their opinion, they don't, they, don't necessarily, they don't have a voice. And so then finally, the group decides where they want to eat and it's their least, like they hate that restaurant. And so they'll sit there at the restaurant and all they'll drink is their, all their order is a sweet tea and they'll be <clears throat> mad because we're eating there. You guys with me? But they never said anything. They didn't cast a vote. 
They didn't say, I don't really like that place. Are you guys, you guys following me? So I got a picture for you guys. I, I thought since, since I've talked about it so much throughout this series, let's go ahead and show that. You guys, oh man, it's, it's a little messed up, but he's asking, what do you want? Like this is, if you Google, what do you want? Literally thousands of these pictures p- come up. Like it's the first thing that pops up. It's from the notebook. And I, I, I got some help from a friend and I, I now know that his name is Noah. And the girl's name is Allie. But here's the famous, here's the famous uh, part in this, and, and it's so many memes, man. But he's asking her, what do you want? What do you want? And then he says, uh, stop thinking about what your parents want. Stop thinking about what I want or what he wants. What do you want? And listen to me. We, we can take it down now. That's so sinful. Take it away. But for those of you that didn't know, so he, uh, I'm just going to help all of you notebook fans. Uh, uh, Noah, he's an unhealthy, very, very unhealthy number six loyalist. He should have been out of that relationship way before it got to that point. He's a very unhealthy number six. And she is, Allie, she's a very, very unhealthy number nine. She can't choose between two, two guys. And she can't choose between them because she don't want to hurt neither one of their feelings. So she's avoiding conflict. Listen to me. She's avoiding conflict. She's not declaring her needs. And she looks really, really bad. You guys follow me? Y'all didn't know I was going to preach about the notebook today, did y'all? But listen to me. That's what the, that's, that's a downside. That is whenever you as a peacemaker, whenever you stop following God, when you stop pursuing God, when you're not actively following and listening to the voice of God, man, you will stop declaring your needs and then you'll be very, very passive aggressive the entire time because you're not getting what you want because somehow, like, I'm just going to help you out, ladies. Ladies, listen to me. All you ladies. All you ladies, listen to me. Whenever I get done with this, men, you guys give me a very loud amen, okay? Listen to me, ladies, because there's most peacemakers actually are, are ladies. Listen to me, ladies, okay? You guys, you got everybody, everybody listening to me. Ladies, us men, we're not as smart as what you think we are. Okay, listen, li- no, no, that wasn't the part yet, ladies. <laughs> listen to me, listen to me, ladies. We cannot read your mind. Every now and then, we need you to just tell us where you want to eat. And the men said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. When the number nine begins to get unhealthy, when they stop, when they're not pursuing God actively, when they're not following God, man, they will, they'll avoid conflict at all costs and they won't declare their needs. Their core sin, you guys are going to hate me for this. But their core sin is actually laziness. The core sin of the number nine is laziness. Now, let me explain this just a little bit because that stings. And let me just tell you, throughout the entire series, if whenever I said the core sin, sin, if it didn't sting a little bit, it's because it wasn't necessarily you. But here's, here's how they come, become lazy. I'm not saying they're always couch potatoes. Some are, but that's not the only form of being lazy because here's, here's how they become lazy is because they become very indecisive. Very indecisive. They can't make up their minds what it is they want to do, so they just don't do anything. 
They can't make up their mind where they want to go, so they just don't go anywhere. So they become very, very indecisive, inactive, and are very prone to procrastination. That's the number nine. When they're unhealthy, when they're not following God, man, they will procrastinate. And here's a thing that a number nine, an unhealthy number nine will do, is they'll have 10 projects going and they won't finish any of them. Like they'll start doing something, but then they get to a point where they don't really know which way they want to go with it, so then they'll start something else. Then they get to a point where they don't really know what to do with it, so they start something else. And they'll have 10 different projects going and they won't finish any of them, and they'll procrastinate it. Man, an unhealthy number nine as a student, man, is instead of, instead of doing your homework, you sit there and watch 20 YouTube videos. <laughs> or instead of writing that term paper, or instead of, instead of sitting down and... <laughs> Instead of sitting down and doing your taxes before April 15th, you'll file an extension on April 15th. All right, I, I just caught some of you guys, didn't I? Or, or, or you'll miss church on April 14th because you got to get it done by April 15th, those of you listening to the podcast. Anyways, anyway, so they become very indecisive, inactive, and prone to procrastination. They don't do the important things things that are necessary, uh, the important or, or necessary things require, required, excuse me, for growth. They won't do the important, the, unnecess- the necessary, excuse me, things that are required for growth. In other words, if it's going to sting a little bit, if it's going to require just a little bit of conflict, if, even, even if it's going to make me better, even if it's better for me, if, even if it's going to be better for my family, but if there's a little bit of conflict in it, I'm not going to do it, even, even though it's going to help me grow, even though it's going to make us better, even though it's going to advance us, even though it's going to help us. You guys follow me? So, Yeah. Some biblical truths. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. You guys go with me there. Matthew is the very first uh, book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Make, number one, if you're a number nine, make declarative statements. Make declarative statements. One of the favorite words of the number nine, the peacemaker, is maybe. Maybe. How are you going to go over that? Maybe. Hey, are you going to do this? Maybe. Are you going to be a part of this? Maybe. Hey, do you like pizza? Maybe. Like maybe, maybe because they don't want to be declarative. You know why? Because they want to feed, they want to see your reaction. They want to make sure they're not going to hurt your feelings. They want to make sure that they're not going to go against what you wanted. So, so before they answer the question, really, they want to know, well, why are you why are you asking the question? Maybe. You guys with me? Hey, are you, are you busy tomorrow? Maybe. <laughs> Depends on what you're going to ask. 
Make declarative statements, man. The Bible says again, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Number two, embrace that conflict isn't always necessarily bad. And your involvement may lead to a resolution. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, but even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. So here's Paul, and he's writing to them, and he's saying, man, you know that we didn't shut up. You know that even though we were confronted, even though we were beaten, even though we were abused, we went, we, we handled, we went through all of that conflict. We persevered through the conflict. We, we, we confronted the conflict because our mission was greater than what the conflict was. Listen to me, number nines. Not always, not always is conflict bad. Sometimes it's a good thing. You need, listen to me, I don't care how we do it, but we as parents, we need to discipline our children. Amen? There's a saying that I tell, I, I just repeat to myself all the time. I don't even know where I heard it, but I repeat it to myself all the time, over and over and over and over. Spoil your kids, raise your grandkids. Raise your kids, you get to spoil your grandkids. And I just tell myself over and over, whenever they're looking all cute, I just tell myself, I don't want to be raising your kids, so I'm going to spank you. Not all conflict is bad. And listen, this is where Abraham, Abraham got very unhealthy. And his nephew, Lot, man, he starts, he, he starts doing just bad things. That, that's part, he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. He shouldn't have even been there to, to start off with. But Abraham, not willing to confront him, what Abraham actually does is, is, is as they're journeying, Abraham, instead of confronting Lot for what he's doing and the sin that he's committing, instead of saying, listen to me, nephew, you're a little bit spoiled and I need to spank you for a little bit or I need to discipline you. I need to let you know what you're doing wrong. Instead of doing all of that, you know what Abraham does? He says, listen, here we are on this hilltop. If you go this way, I'll go that way. If you go this way, then I'll go that way. You choose which way you want to go and we'll just split paths. And it led to his destruction, not Abraham's, but his nephew's. Listen to me, not all conflict is bad and you very well may lead because of your involvement may lead to a resolution. I believe, listen to me, number nines, you guys, you've got to listen to me. We may be missing out on great ideas just because you won't speak. We may be missing out on the best ways to resolve whatever issues we're facing if you would just speak. Listen to me. I believe, man, in the United States, we need some more number nines in our government that will actually speak out. Would you guys agree? We just need a voice of reason. Like, why do you have to be way far this way or way far that way? Is that making any sense to me? Or to you? It makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Why do we have to be either way over here or why can't there just be somebody in the middle saying, that's really good, but that's stupid. And... That's really good, but that's stupid. Let's come together. You, you guys with me? And it's on both sides of the fence, man. I don't care if you're on the right or if you're on the left. There are things that I listen to and I'm just like, what an idiot. You guys, man, if I wasn't, if, if I wasn't born in Mexico, I'd be running for president next year. <laughs> just kidding. I would not. Or maybe. No, I wouldn't. Anyways. 
Embrace a embrace that conflict isn't always necessarily bad, and your involvement may lead to a resolution. Uh, number three, James chapter two verse eighteen says, "But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Pursue faith in action. Pursue faith in action. Listen to me." Many, many of the number nines, this is what you'll do is you can't decide, you can't decide how much you want to give, so you just won't give it all. You can't decide where you want to serve in the church, so you just won't serve it all. You can't decide uh, what you want to wear to church, so you just won't go to church, period. So many of the sins, listen to me, so many of the sins of, of the number nine and they'll falsely believe that they're better than everybody else because so many, so many things, or, or what the number nines will tell, them, tell themselves is, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And there's sins of, listen, there's sins of commission. In other words, th- things that I do, that I say, that I, that, that I look at, whatever. Those are sins of commission, sins that I commit. And then there are sins of omission. And listen to me, listen to me. When it's not enough to just do uh, uh, to, to do what is, to not do, excuse me. It's not enough to not do what is wrong, but you have to do what is right. The Bible actually tells us that to him who knows what is right and doesn't do it, that is a sin to him. Listen to me, if you are a peacemaker, so many times, again, you won't get involved because you don't know where or you can't make up your mind where to get involved in. So you just, you'll just sit back and you won't. Or you won't give because you just you can't make up your mind how much or whatever, and so you just won't. It's not enough to just not do bad, but we have to do good. Listen, you've got to work out your faith in action. Put your faith into action. Put your faith to work. Don't just sit back and say, well, I'm not doing anything bad. But ask yourself, what am I doing that is good? What am I doing? What am I actively doing to pursue God? Because again, you'll sit back and you'll tell yourself that you're a good person because you're not doing the bad things that you see your neighbor or your friends doing. But in reality, you're not actively pursuing God. Are you guys with me? And can I just say, I just just want to take just a little bit more time. And can I just say, it doesn't really matter if you miss by an inch or if you miss by a mile. If you miss, you miss. You guys follow on that? If I miss my opportunity at eternity and, and to getting into heaven, it doesn't matter if I miss by an inch or if I miss by a mile. I missed. You guys follow me? And, and this, is, this, is the, this is the danger for you number nines is that you'll miss by an inch because you thought you were better than you were just because you weren't doing all of the bad things but you weren't actively pursuing God. You weren't putting your faith into action. You weren't putting your faith into works. How to love a number nine. Number one, how to love a number nine. Create an environment where their, where their voice, excuse me, is heard and valued. Again, if you love a number nine, and I have to, so many times I have to do this in my home is I have to just, Bite my tongue and just listen because I want to talk and talk and talk and talk. And if I do, 
Lorena will just, my wife, she'll just listen to me. And she won't say a word. She'll just listen. We'll drive all the way to stinking Indianapolis, and she won't say a word. So I just have to, every now and then, I just have to pull back, and I have to listen. And I have to ask her questions. Listen, if you love a number nine, you already know that you can't just say, well, what do you think about it? And they're just going to go off. I mean, it's just not inside of them, man. You're going to be like this dude that was back here. What do you want? You've you got to ask them questions. You have to ask them questions. You have to make them feel valued. You have to make them understand that you actually care about what their opinion is on the subject or how they feel about whatever it is or, or even just where, where you want to go eat. Listen, guys, all you ladies, do this right here for me real quick. Come on. I'm serious. I'm serious because I'm about to give the guys a, a huge, like, this is golden right here. Ladies, I'm serious. Cover up your ears. I'm not joking. Cover up your... Lily, cover up your dang ears. Come on, Melinda. This is golden for the guys. Cover up. Monica, I'm looking at you too, girl. Cover up your ears. Challenger, look at that. Number eight in her. Listen to me, guys. Next time you want to go eat with your wife, don't ask her, where do you want to go eat? Ask, just say this. Hey, guess where we're eating? And then they'll blurt out something, and that's where you take them. That's golden right there, baby. That's golden. Guess where we're eating? They'll blurt it out. Yep, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. All right, so number one, create an environment where their voice is heard and valued. I just, I also figured out, all of you ladies who are number eights, I just figured out all of the challengers in the church because y'all didn't plug y'all's ears. And you number nines were the first ones to go... You wanted to avoid the conflict. Anyways, number one, create an environment where their voice is heard and valued. Number two, don't shield them from all conflict. Don't shield them. Don't shelter them from all of the conflict. It's good every now and then you've got, if you're raising a little number nine and, and they always, they, they just always give in. They always give in. Don't shield them. Don't shelter them. Every now and then you're going to have to make them speak up for themselves because you know what? Mommy and daddy aren't always going to be there, right? We're not always going to be there. We can't, we can't be with, like just following them around in first grade like, and every time there's conflict, no, I got you, you know. We got to help. We cannot shelter them. We cannot shield them from all conflict. They've got to learn how to resolve it in a healthy way themselves. They need to learn to confront it. Uh, number three, celebrate with them. Celebrate with them when they finish projects. Remember the number nine, man, they'll have 15 different projects and won't finish any of them. So when they finally finish one, we don't say, hey, finally you finished one, you know, don't. You say, man, that's so great. You did such a good job. Remember, what gets celebrated gets repeated. So celebrate with them when they finish a project. Number four, thank them for being able to see other perspectives. Man, I've, I personally have got to do a better job at, at thanking my wife so many times for seeing other perspectives because she's so good at doing it. And sometimes I'll get so frustrated uh, and with you. I'm just going to say it. With you. No. But yeah. Um, anyways. And my wife will just kind of, she'll just say, well, but maybe. And she'll just give me this other side of looking at things. And like she'll, she'll, she'll remind me. This is, this is the one thing that she'll remind me of is, is EJ, 
not everybody grew up being a pastor's kid like you did. Because listen to me, I'm, again, I'm a number one. I'm, I'm, I'm a reformer, which means I know what's right and I just, you just do what's right. You just do it. And so sometimes I kind of struggle with some, with some things. And my wife, she'll, 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 she'll so gently remind me of the other perspective, of the other way of seeing things, of the other way of looking, uh, of looking at life. And so we've got to do a better job of thanking them for, their other, for being able to see both sides, thanking them for, be, for being able to see other perspe- perspectives. Let's pray. Lord, and, and if you're number nine, here is, here is your prayer. Lord, help me to trust you in the midst of conflict. Help me to know my feelings and share them with others. Strengthen my will to do what I need to do, even when I don't want to do it. And help me to share the spiritual depth you have blessed me with. So God, first of all, I thank you. I thank you so much for all of the wonderful number nines that we have here in this church. And, and I believe, God, that we need more peacemakers in our communities. We need more peacemakers in our families, in our homes, and in, in, in this church. We need more people who reflect your peace. Man, we live in such an anxious day and age. We live in such an, uh, uh, an anxiety-stricken, such, such a uh, stressful day and age. God, we need more people that reflect your peace. So, God, I thank you for all of them. I thank you so much for their lives and so much for their gifts. And Lord, I ask you this morning that you, would, that you would help us, help them to stay healthy, help them to actively pursue you. And whenever conflict does arise that needs to be resolved, God, give them the grace and the wisdom to do it, God, that they would not procrastinate and not put off things that need to get done that are required for growth, but God, help them and, and because help them to remain healthy in you and to get those things done. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this has impacted you and you would like to help us to continue to reach others, please text GIVE to the number in the description. For more information about us and our ministry, go to theremodeledchurch.com.